0: Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. Greenlight Guru is committed to improving the quality of life, and now we're ready to improve the quality of education and training in the medical device industry. Greenlight Guru Academy is a comprehensive training resource for anyone looking to learn industry best practices with actionable training from industry experts. You'll get on-demand courses that allow you to move at your own pace on topics related to quality and regulatory, product development, design controls, risk management, doc control. Honestly, it's too many to fit into a short ad. So if you're ready to level up your medical device education, visit greenlight.guru forward slash academy today. Hey everyone, today we're going to be talking with Julio Martinez Clark. He is the CEO and co founder of BioAccess. In this conversation, we talked a little bit about Colombia and how it represents an untapped destination for early feasibility, first in human clinical research, and for companies to first enter the Latin American market and sell their innovations. Since 2010, Julio has supported over 100 medtech to design and operational successful clinical trials, regulatory market access strategies in Colombia, and as well as other countries in Latin America. Julio writes a column at MedDevice Online, and he's a clinical leader where his articles have been featured editorials on several occasions. Uh, Julio is the host of the LATAM MedTech Leaders podcast, a weekly conversation with medtech leaders who have succeeded in Latin America. He has been interviewed on Colombian TV by Hernan Arjuela, Colombia's most popular TV presenter, about his work helping American medtech succeed in Colombia. If you've seen Encanto, you know more about Colombia than maybe you did before. He is a big believer, and you'll see during this episode just how much of a believer he is in the potential for Medical device companies to succeed in Latin America. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think by emailing us at podcast at greenlight.guru. Thanks. Hey everyone. Welcome back. Excited to be with Julio Martinez Clark. My name is Etienne, as the host of today's Global Medical Device Podcast. Today's topic, we're going to be talking a little bit about how can medtech, US medtech companies succeed in Latin America with their early feasibility clinical trials and their market access entry initiatives. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Julio is an expert in this field. He's written articles, done many interviews on this topic. So do you want to say a little bit about yourself real quickly, Julio? Absolutely, and Thank you for having me here. Yes, I
1: started working with medical device companies doing business in Latin America for about 12 years. It really was my brother, Pedro, who is a physician who trained at Harvard at the Beth Israel Medical Center as an interventional cardiologist and then became a professor at the University of Miami. And they started working with a lot of medical device companies trying to do early disability clinical trials in Latin America and also to sell the products in the region. And that's how I got involved in this world And I came from another, uh, my past life was in another industry. I came from telecom and networking. I worked for Lucent, I worked for Nortel. I had regional roles. I travel all over Latin America. And uh, I am very much uh, in love with what I do, helping companies succeed in the region.
0: Awesome. So what area do you live in now currently, if you don't mind me asking?
1: (laughs) Orlando, Florida, but I'm from Colombia.
0: Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So Some of the things that I'm curious about when I think about this is like, why Latin America? What makes it a a good spot to conduct early feasibility trials?
1: Well, you know that uh, U.S. companies struggle to find cost-effective, ethical, and quality sites overseas, and they usually go to far places like Eastern Europe, Especially now, it's really difficult to go to Eastern Europe (laughs) for obvious reasons. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But they usually go to Poland, Czech Republic, Ukraine, by the way, and, and, and Georgia and places around that part of the world. And they also go to New Zealand, Australia, and a little bit of Paraguay, surprisingly enough. I started working with companies who were going to Paraguay and then quickly realized that they needed... To have a larger set of patients. So they, after doing three, five patients in Paraguay, they expand to other places around the world. And modesty aside, thanks to our work promoting Colombia as the top destination for early feasibility clinical research in Latin America, these companies are now coming to Colombia. And you know, the struggle that these companies go through is, is immense. I mean, they find it very difficult very expensive and time-consuming to recruit patients in the United States, not to mention the regulatory approval of, of the FDA, at the FDA, the early feasibility uh, study program that they implemented about seven, ten years ago. It hasn't really worked because of the dynamics of the US system. So trials are still expensive and it's still difficult to recruit patients in the United States. So these companies have to find a place outside of the United States, where they can find, as I said, this ethical quality and cost-efficient overseas clinical research sites. And Latin America is closer, specifically Colombia is closer to the United States. Same time zone, same culture. In many ways, a lot of U.S.-trained uh, physicians have come back to Colombia or to countries in Latin America. So, And, and also on top of that is the cost savings, the, the currency of these countries, specifically Colombia, have been devalued so much that it's really a bargain to buy services from a hospital in, in a country like Colombia. So for many reasons, I think uh, Latin America, specifically Colombia, uh, is a better place than, than many of the traditional destinations that these companies usually go to. Interesting.
0: Interesting. So when we talk about the, the the economic advantages are obvious, it seems when we talk about these different things, mm-hmm. especially the devalued currency and so forth. Um, and and I love that there's technological similarities, um, possible I, I suppose equivalents, and uh, that's that's very encouraging to hear. Wherever I hear that in the world, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the other thing I would think, so you mentioned the similarity in the culture, and I don't want to push back too hard, but how does that translate when you're doing a clinical trial in? the actual people in the clinical trial, do do they truly reflect similar um, disposition as far as um, their approach to health, their, um, their lifestyle and so forth? Yeah. That's really
1: what I said. That's really what I meant. Okay. Okay. The word culture encompasses many things. And uh, to be more specific, the way we practice medicine in Colombia is very similar than in the United States. The clinical guides are copy and paste from the United States. And as I said, many, uh, Latin American, Colombian physicians train in the United States and they come back to Colombia. So it is not surprising to find U.S. board certified fully bilingual doctors in hospital at a regular hospital in Colombia. And that helps a lot with the communication and make things easier with the trial and collaborating with the U.S.
0: sponsors. That makes sense. That makes sense.
1: You also mentioned something very interesting, I'm sorry to interrupt, which is the lifestyle. Yeah, Yeah, the lifestyle of the population in Latin America, the growing middle class population make it very similar to the United States, so people are eating McDonald's and Burger <laughs> King and fast food every
0: every day you, nowadays. You so. know what I was talking about? <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, and I've not ever been. This is slightly complete. Well, it's completely off topic. Colombia is one of my bucket list destinations. So, oh, um, great! One of these days, I plan to be there. Um, so awesome. that's that's really Welcome cool. Here. Um, well, that's that's really awesome. Um, so. We talk. We're talking about Colombia. We kind of started to talk about Latin America. What what sets Colombia apart, or or is there something special about Colombia as opposed to other Latin American countries?
1: Great question. You know, I've been involved in this world of medical technologies, medical devices, medtech for about twelve years, and a lot of my clients come to me and ask me exactly that same question, and even some of them already have a physician identify in Argentina or in Brazil, or in Mexico, or other countries in Latin America. And I do my research, I call the physician, I call the ethics committee, I call regulatory experts in every country, I do my research online. And regardless of what research I do, in what country I do, everything leads me back to Colombia. Colombia is probably the most business friendly country in Latin America right now, and it is considered the, the closest US ally in the region, has a free trade agreement with the United States. The size of the U.S. embassy in Colombia is larger than any federal building in any major city in the United States. So it's a close ally. I mean, just last week, the Colombian president was with um, Joe Biden uh, visiting the White House and Colombia was um, designated as a. Uh, as a NATO ally, not officially, but it's a, it's a non official NATO ally mm. of the United States. It's the only country in Latin America that has this designation. So it says a lot about how open the United States, the, the, the Colombia, the United States are open to do business with each other. They have a 200 year uh, relationship of business and trade, et cetera. So with all this said, the regulatory framework of the Colombia Regulatory Agency, the healthcare system in Colombia, which, by the way, is one of the most efficient. is a top-performing healthcare system in Latin America. It has Colombia has about fifty percent of the top hospitals in Latin America per an annual ranking that a, that a reputable magazine does. So wow. many things lead to Colombia for early feasibility clinical research. And these companies, I think, just to conclude my point here, no, these companies are in, in, in essence looking for fast regulatory approval, ease of patient recruitment, and cost savings. Those are the three aspects that these companies are looking for when choosing a destination, without mentioning geographical proximity. I mean, instead of going to Poland six hours away, jet lag time difference etc cetera, etc cetera, or new zealand or australia you are two and a half hours from from miami to,
0: yeah i mean yeah
1: so it's many things really uh check the boxes for colombia
0: that makes a lot of sense so when you talk about fast regulatory approval what uh what does that look like versus other other places
1: it is first of all it's predictable yeah. <laughs> in other countries like, like in brazil mexico is very predictable we're probably talking about, uh, in Colombia, about 90 days tops from wow. the time you submit to a hospital ethics committee or IRB to the time you get approval at the National Regulatory Agency and get an import permit for your investigational device. So that's really competitive.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's. Uh, um, so I was reading somewhere, I, I believe it might have been one of your articles about Brazil possibly being up upwards of Three hundred days or something like that versus Colombia, the, the, yeah. the quick response. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so. interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, we kind of talked about some of the pros and some of the the positives. Are there any challenges? Just you know, full disclosure. So, anyone sure. coming, maybe mm-hmm. coming out of US, coming to Latin America, what kind of challenges could could a company expect to see?
1: Well, I would say language barriers are the first challenge that I usually see. Um, The regulatory agency in Colombia wants everything in Spanish. So we have to translate, (laughs) I mean, a thousand documents in Spanish. And that's something that I don't like, but that's the way it is. And um, also communicating with the staff at hospitals is a challenge because even the Colombia is a, a, a country open for business. It's part of the world economy. And it's actually an, an OECD country, by the way. Only, only three countries in Latin America are part of the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Mexico, Chile, Colombia, and now Costa Rica just became a member. So okay. that says a lot about how open Colombia is for business. But regardless of all this, People in Colombia do not speak English, unfortunately. So only physicians who have been trained in the United States or receive very good education, even in Colombia or other countries in Latin America or Europe, they are more fluent in in, in English. So that's always a challenge.
0: That makes sense. Okay. Um, so if I was a company working on my feasibility study and I want to come to Latin America um, th- there's a few different things that I would be working on. Obviously, maybe a company like yours would do the translation, maybe. I mean, you, you yes. correct me, but what would I do? What kind of what things would I be pursuing at that phase of um, development? Well,
1: yes, the first phase is to start identifying potential investigators. And that's something that we easily do with the study protocol or the summary. Of the protocol. And then we look at the inclusion and exclusion criteria. We looked at the type of physicians that needed to be involved, the investigator or the sub investigator that need to be involved in the trial, et cetera. Uh, We we look at the type of equipment, imaging equipment that is needed uh, for the study, et cetera. And then we start scouting the country for potential investigators. Mm -hmm. And Colombia is a large country, by the way, just to put things in perspective, it's the third largest economy. And it's the third largest country in Latin America. So it has, uh, as I said, uh, a large uh, pool of hospitals to choose from. And it's a country that, this is an interesting fact, is probably the country in Latin America that has the most number of metropolitan areas. Most of the population of 50 million people live in metropolitan areas. So if you go to other countries in Latin America, for example, you go to Argentina, you go to Buenos Aires, and that's it. Outside of Buenos Aires, you find very small cities, mm. right? It's the same yeah. as in many other countries. So Colombia is not like that. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that gives us a lot of options. And so okay. uh, Bogota is a huge metropolitan area of uh, over 10 million people. Then Medellin, about five, six million people. Then Cali, about four. Then Barranquilla and the Caribbean coast, about 10 million people that covers the whole Caribbean coast. So, so yeah, there's a lot to choose from.
0: That's great. No, that's great to hear. Um, I was also reading some about the good clinical practice. Um, oh, yes. The, mm-hmm. I don't know if you could speak a little bit more to that. <laughs> good catch. Good catch.
1: <laughs> yes. That's something that nobody really talks about, Etienne, at but that Colombia is the only country in Latin America that has a GCP certification process or auditing process at the hospital level, at the institutional level, not at the individual level. Everybody knows that every individual, every healthcare professional involved in clinical research needs to have an ICH GCP uh, certificate training. Mm -hmm. They go through uh, an online course, three, four hours online, and you get your certificate. But no, in Colombia, the Ministry of Health needs to make sure that you as a hospital, you know how to conduct research. So you have to go through a rigorous process. You have to Hire an, an expert external consultant to, to do all the quality checks in your institution to make sure you submit an application to the Ministry of Health for them to come and visit and audit your facility and to give you this, the seal of yeah. approval that you are indeed qualified to conduct clinical research. And this is something that U.S. pharmaceuticals pushed in Colombia around 2008. And that's when the law was issued. Since two thousand and eight, Colombia has had this certification process, and it's the only country in Latin America that has it. And that's to ensure quality of the data that comes out of the country.
0: And, and I don't know if this is something you could speak to or not, but with that with that certification process, and then you also mentioned the the faster uh, IRB approval, maybe ninety days being on kind of the the top end. Um, are those related, or is that something you can speak to? Any thoughts? <laughs>
1: Well, not really related, but well, the, you're bringing up a good point. Both the IRB at the hospital needs to be certified by the Ministry of Health, this IG this I, I uh, GCP certification that you mentioned, and also the institution. So both parties, both bodies have to be certified, which ensures mm-hmm. quality of their uh, the work that they do.
0: Right. Uh so if we can if we kind of zoom out and look at it more globally, what is What is the comparison like, not just in Latin America, maybe Colombia to Argentina and so forth? Are you able to comment more on the comparison with, uh, you know, the Colombia and those certifications with New Zealand or, as you mentioned, Paraguay or or even Ukraine and so forth?
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know of any country that has this type of certification. Okay. Honest with
0: you yeah. this
1: is the this is something unique of colombia i don't know why it was implemented in the country probably because of the i mean this is an speculation uh on my end that probably was the the u s pharmaceutical companies doing research in Colombia at that time that uh, pushed the colombian government to to ensure the quality of the data and and this is and the really the background of all these um i think is that Colombia is a country that has decide decided to diversify its export base. Traditionally, Colombia has been seen as a country that exports coffee and minerals and commodities and some other things that we don't want to talk about, sure. unfortunately. <laughs> so, now, so now the government has, because of the push of the USD, for example, the country has decided that it needs to diversify its economy. It has to become a knowledge economy. So for that to happen they need to bring US companies, European companies working in innovative medical technologies, you know, life science they have to 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 incentivize the life science industry in the country and yeah. other industries as well, biotech and in general uh they're doing the same thing with the creative industries like movies uh etc. uh BPOs, yeah. call centers, things of that nature. So it is part of that push to diversify the national economy. And by the way, the Ministry of Health of Colombia was just created last year. So that says a lot about yeah. the country's intention to become a knowledge economy and to export knowledge.
0: That's great. Well, I'm, uh, I hope that progresses the way it's intended to be to progress and, and improves the, the quality of life for those in um, not just yes. Colombia, but maybe broader Latin America as well. Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yes.
0: That's excellent to hear. So, if we go back to the early feasibility, those first in human studies, are there any differences then in how you would set up your study? Um, and maybe the short answer is no, but uh, uh, you know where you do it anywhere else. Um, I'm just trying to think as a company, what do I really need to know in order to go to maybe this place versus that place? Um, any any additional thoughts?
1: Mm. Well, what we usually do is we bring sponsors to Colombia before they make a decision. So we invite them to come and to tour the country, to visit at least three, five facilities and shake the hands of the potential investigators, look at the staff get to have dinner with them, tour the facility in general, tour the city, look at the hotels and everything. So they, in, 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 from the moment they arrive at the airport, they have to feel safe and and, and certain that this is a place they want to come back to. Because mm-hmm. if you decide to do your trial in Colombia, you're going to be coming here like 20 times, at least 20 times. <laughs> during the, yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. Yeah. 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 During the course of the study. I mean, so um. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that I, I I will say that that's the the. the something that they have to keep in mind, that they have to feel comfortable with the country because Colombia has had a bad reputation in the past, as you and I know, and Netflix is not helping.
0: Uh No, no. (laughs) Well, how often has Netflix helped us? (laughs) Yeah. uh, uh, Anyway, (laughs) but uh,
1: the country is different now. It's very different. We work with the sponsors every single day. We bring sponsors to Colombia every single day. Today, I'm in Colombia because I just uh, toured the country three times with three different sponsors, different groups of sponsors and I'm waiting for two more sponsors coming in the next month. So oh, wow. yeah, we tour the country, we go to sites in Bogota, we go to sites in Medellin, in Barranquilla, without even signing a contract. We just want them to come and feel comfortable and write the make uh, and make the right decision.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. so when I think about where I would want to conduct my study. So my my instinct, well there's two things I guess that go on. Number one, if I'm working with consultants, I'm probably going to do whatever they suggest that i do it's it's it, it it comes down to what are you aware of you know um awareness i suppose so this knowledge you know sharing is very important um the second thing I think about is okay if I want to do a study I typically want that population of of people that I'm going to be marketing to at some point so that's a truly accurate study you already kind of handled that a little bit with the the cultural similarities and so forth but I guess what I'm curious about is what about if I were to sell in uh, um If I'm going to do a study in Colombia, there's a good chance, well, maybe I want to pursue that regulatory pathway as well. Um, Are there any difficulties in there? Maybe that's a little bit outside the the topic of this conversation. (laughs) And that's fair. Well,
1: well, what happens happens is that none of these companies are interested in selling devices Mm. at this point. Nowhere else in the world. I mean, it's not particularly in Latin America or Colombia. It's just that they are at this early stage where all they're looking at is to sell the company to an strategic, right, to, mm-hmm. to an exit. So they're looking at gathering ethical, quality, cost-efficient clinical data so that they can present the data to investors, the FDA, so that they can start their pivotal trial in the United States. And that's really where the population comes in, where you're going to sell because the FDA will – Demand that you do the pivotal in the United States. I yeah. recently heard that for the first time in history, the FDA accepted fifty percent of the clinical data on a pivotal trial coming from Mexico, which is great for yeah. Latin America. It, it wow. says a lot about yeah. how Latin America is becoming more serious. It's being seen as a, as, a, as a as a as a place of quality clinical data. So. So these companies are probably seven, five, seven years away from selling the product or thinking about selling the product in a country like Colombia or Paraguay or Chile, right? Okay. Because they need to, to do first their trial in the United States, the Pivotal, and then they negotiate their acquisition or sale the, sell the company with a strategic Boston Scientific, Medtronic, Abbott, J&J, right. and then they include the product in their portfolio and then they decide if they want to sell it in Latin America or not, if that's something that they want to do eventually down. Yeah,
0: so business development. About,
1: yeah, exactly. That's yeah. business development, that's commercial strategies. That's probably 10 years away from, from yeah. the day that they start doing the trial in Colombia.
0: <laughs> so so you work with a lot of different companies doing these different things, you know, from you know, start to acquisition, maybe. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit more about what bioaccess does, just so you know, people can be aware of you know, just the options that are out there.
1: Yes, we are a contract research organization based in Orlando, Florida. We are probably the only CRO in the United States that specifically focuses on early feasibility medical device clinical trials. And medical technologies in general, we get involved with uh, stem cells, we get involved with gene therapy, and and of course, medical uh, devices. But advanced technologies in general, that's really our specialty, our niche So any company in the United States or uh, Western Europe that uh, needs to do an early feasibility trial in Latin America, they will probably look online and will find us.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, we also have evolved uh, a lot of our clients of look for market access services from bioaccess. So we have a portfolio of services where we help companies succeed in their sales initiatives in Latin America. We help with the market clearance in the different regulatory agencies in in all the countries in Latin America, because even though Latin America is a huge market, over 600 million people, I mean, double the size of the United States, it's very fragmented over 30-something countries. So you need regulatory uh, market clearance in every single country. So Mm -hmm. we're talking about the five main countries, Mexico, Brazil, Colombia, Peru, Chile, et cetera, then you have to go one by one. There's no recognition. So we can help with the regulatory approval process in every single country. We can help um, to find distributors. We can help um, engage in key opinion leaders. We can also help doing market research. If companies need, need to understand the size of the market, the players, pricing, reimbursement, all that, we can also help.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. This is good to know you know, what the options are and and, and how you can help. Uh, so you mentioned, you're, you'd say three companies you're going to be uh, taking around, maybe today <laughs> or this week? Um,
1: in, in the next month or so.
0: Yeah, okay. So the reason I ask that is, so you, you talk to a lot of these companies. I guess you see them interact with a lot of different uh, um, hospitals, facilities, and so forth. What are some good questions? Or I'm sure every now and then you get somebody like, man, that was a good question. Or, uh, you know, that's good information that they're digging in. What, what, what do you see? Do you see anything like that?
1: Patient recruitment is always a challenge. How are you going to recruit patients for me? That's really what I'm here for. That's what the sponsor usually says. I'm here for patients. (laughs) Yeah. I don't care about the size of the facility. I don't care. I don't care about anything else. All I care is about patients and quality data. That's all it is. So, yeah. So the investigator is, is interrogated. I mean, okay. So, how many patients do you think you have in your consult right now? How many patients do you see every month? How many patients do you have in your database? How many patients you can recruit in my trial? In how much time? I mean, can you recruit something in three months? something so that's usually yeah. the best question you can ask
0: okay no that's good <laughs> yeah. to know and, and by the way
1: we 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 support the work of the hospitals at the end by implementing social media marketing campaigns we're probably okay. the only company that does that <laughs> that i know of. yeah i don't know why that makes a lot of
0: sense though yeah
1: it, it makes sense right yeah. we do we place ads on facebook on instagram we do a landing page we have a questionnaire with type form where uh, there's a logic map uh, embedded mm-hmm. in the questionnaire. So it adapts to the questions and the answers and everything. So we are very successful in recruiting patients online. Yeah. To support the work of the investigator.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Um, so really there's more than just, you know, finding a clinic, finding these different things, assisting in the patient recruitment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, any other pieces of advice you can give to somebody who's, you know, maybe they're right. They're ready to start their feasibility first in human, et cetera. Um, any piece of advice you can give a company like that?
1: Learn a little bit of Spanish because that will help you, uh, a lot yes. Of you investigators,
0: yes, yeah,
1: <laughs> and the stop Yeah, learn a little bit of Spanish. Read about Colombia because uh, the culture here is very social, and they will invite you to have dinner with them at a restaurant or at their houses. We had cases where they <laughs> they take us to their houses, we drink scotch. And they introduce their family to us. We sit in the living room, in the dining room. And, and so speaking Spanish is, is helpful always in these oh, social yeah. interactions because that creates a good brand. I mean, you're, think about this. You are a startup company from Silicon Valley, from San Francisco, from uh, Boston, from Minneapolis. Sure. And you raise $10 million or whatever amount of capital for your device. And then you are looking for a site where you're gonna do your early feasibility trial, and then you find this hospital in Bogota, Colombia, for example, you find Dr. Uh, Gomez. And then Dr. Gomez now has become probably the most important person in your company because the future of your company is in his hands, Yeah, right? You're gonna train yeah. Dr. Gomez. You're gonna teach him how to implant your device. You're gonna bring all your, uh, your team to Colombia to be in the war with Dr. Gomez. And he better perform, he, he better be motivated and enthusiastic about your technology, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you want Dr. Gomez to be your friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you definitely, yes. <laughs> uh, when, when you put it like that, they, they are a key, key player in, in uh, key the player. future of your, your company. Yeah. Totally. totally. Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um, that's good advice. Uh, And learning Spanish in today's you know age in America, I don't know why we haven't all been required yet, but uh, that's a different subject, I suppose. Yeah, it's um, a different subject. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now okay. it's so easy with Duolingo. In the plane, two and a half hours from Miami, you only plane, you can start practicing with Duolingo.
0: <laughs> well, now I have no excuse. Oh, well, next time we talk, you know, I'll do. Yes. Oh, maybe, maybe it could be in Spanish. We'll see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a stretch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, no this is this is good information. Um I where can people go to find out more about you? Do you have any maybe some some different thoughts that you want to share with the audience before we we uh shut it down?
1: Well, I would say that um Latin America is a region that has matured a lot and there's a lot of um lack of information um There's really no quality information online about the opportunity that Latin America represents, both for clinical research and also for commercialization of medical technologies, especially now that Europe is going through a transition phase with first with the EU MDR and second Mm -hmm. with the war, and without mentioning COVID. But um, uh, I think uh, Latin America is having a more protagonistic role in, in the world economy. For many reasons, and and including the reasons I just uh, described, so countries like Colombia are really, really making an effort to bring business, to bring investment, and to bring uh, science, technology, and innovation to the country, so that the country can become a, a, a diversified economy and and export uh, knowledge. So, with that said. Um, um, again my name is julio martinez clark our company is bioaccess uh we are easily found online bioaccess la like Latinamerica.com. and we'll put
0: the link in the show notes yes. as well Excellent.
1: Yeah. yeah and also linkedin i'm very active on linkedin and uh okay. yes
0: awesome well uh this is this is great information for anybody who's starting the early feasibility studies think about them as an option and uh um, yeah, I appreciate it.
1: And also um, for commercialization, I mean, countries like Chile, for example, you don't need regulatory approval in Chile. In Colombia, you can get regulatory approval for a medical device, commercial device, in ninety days, as soon wow. as you have FDA or, or CE mark approval. So, so yeah, sales in these uh, countries are pretty easy to 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 do if you when I put the effort. And that's
0: and something continue. we didn't really talk about much. Do you want to talk no. some about commercialization? I know with MD SAP, you have Brazil. I'm, I'm a little on the fringe of my knowledge here, but do yes. um, you want to speak a little bit about some of those other countries or, you know, to, to whatever you're yeah, you Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. I mean, yeah, Latin America, be beyond the clinical trial opportunity, also represents a, a region that um, is hungry for innovative technologies. I wouldn't... Say the lower end of the spectrum, like catheters and com- uh, um, commodities in yeah. the medical device world, uh, that market is full of Chinese and, and Turkish and Indian, Pakistanian products. Mm-hmm. The opportunity really lies on innovative technologies, something that can save money to hospitals. And because the healthcare in Latin America... Uh, I'm sure the audience is not really familiar with this, but healthcare in Latin America is a constitutional right. It's a constitutional right. So every citizen in every country, not every country, but most of the countries in Latin America have the right to receive medical care, regardless of the cost. Yeah. So cost containment is a big issue. So whatever you can bring to save money, right, to the healthcare system is welcome. So that's usually is something innovative. And Countries like like Colombia, as I said, Chile, have a very straightforward regulatory approval process. Panama as well. And I usually suggest my clients, when they are new to Latin America, to start in Colombia. I even wrote an article where where I state this position. Because uh, if you start in Mexico or in Brazil, it will cost you $20,000, $30,000, and it will take you a year or so, Mm. or more sometimes. In Mexico right now, uh, coffee priest, year and a half. Really? For a class three device, year and a okay. half. Okay. Colombia, 90 days. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what, what are the requirements for Colombia? You said if you're FTA approved, um, it, easy for Colombia. Exactly. Are they sort of relying and leaning on that FTA approval?
1: Yes. Colombia has what is called, most countries in Latin America, not only Colombia, they, they have what is called a reference country approval. mm so they they rely on a reference country approval, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> of course. I mean, reference country is Canada, the United States, uh, Europe, mm-hmm. Japan, Australia. That's for Colombia. For Mexico, it's a little different. For example, Mexico doesn't recognize the European community as a reference country, Okay. oddly enough. Huh. But they recognize Japan and Canada and the United States. So every country has a different uh, reference country list. For example, Chile doesn't really have a reference country. Chile doesn't have a regulatory body. Yeah, it does, but they don't. They don't impose or they don't mandate regulatory market clearances for mid-risk and high-risk devices. Only uh, like five different types of low-risk devices.
0: Okay, so Chile
1: is an open country for business. Yeah. Yeah, the well, that- thing in Chile is that no, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's, a, no. it's an important point, just quickly here. The thing in Chile, I think, is that no reparable physician will, even though there's no mandatory requirement to register your device, no reparable QPino leader will use a device that doesn't have FDA or C mark approval.
0: Because yeah. that's
1: kind of the world's the gold standard of approvals,
0: right? Yeah, so, that makes sense. FDA yeah. or C. It's
1: a, it's a market-driven. Approval. (laughs)
0: Right, right. So in a sense, it's those, you know, it has a kind of a built-in reference country, so to speak, I suppose. exactly.
1: But you're free to import the device. You don't have to go through any red tape or anything to import your device
0: in Chile. You know, it brings up an interesting point that we talk about on this podcast occasionally, and that is compliance versus quality. You know, and and you hope that every company that's d- developing medical devices is is pursuing quality. I mean, you have mm. to be compliant. Maybe you find a place that doesn't have any, you know, uh, body that that is mm-hmm. governing those things. Maybe okay, well, compliance is out. To, you know, you're compliant automatically, but yeah, exactly uh, right. you you hope that those companies are instilling that that quality requirement on them. So following those standards, whether it's ISO thirteen forty five or mm-hmm. uh, um, and so forth, the the, the requirements there. Um, that's interesting. So. Uh, but, but certainly, like you said, there's an opportunity, um, for, for marketing in the Latin America then.
1: Absolutely. Yes. yes. Very few companies have seen it, but because of what's happening in Europe with the UMDR, they're now looking at newer markets. Where can we go and sell in Latin America, Brazil, Mexico, Colombia are in the top of their list.
0: Yeah. It, you know, it almost goes into a different conversation, but the, the ability to work anywhere with remote work, you know, mm-hmm. the, there's sort of a reshuffle going on. And I almost yes. wonder how yeah, that's yeah. going to affect this in the future. <laughs> yeah, if it's an opinion, you're free to comment, but. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. really. <laughs> but yeah. You're like, eh, no, no, you're a smart man, wise man. A lot of respect there. Um, yeah. Well, any other thoughts about it, whether early feasibility trials or commercialization, any other thoughts you want to just kind of. Um, advice you want to give to the listeners? Well, I would say that pay attention to the Pacific Alliance.
1: Pay attention to the OECD. The OECD is, for listeners, and I'm repeating, is the Organization of Economic Corporation and Development. Is a club of wealthy countries around the world. It's a club of countries that have the most advanced economies in the world. And they recently, in the past probably seven years, 10 years, they started an initiative to bring Latin America to the club. And the first country was uh, Chile. Chile is considered a very forward-looking country in Latin America. Okay. And then then the second one was Mexico. The third one was Colombia. And then Costa Rica just a few months ago. So only four countries in Latin America out of (laughs) 30-something countries. So imagine that. Yeah, it says a lot about... How these countries, these four countries, are really, really trying to diversify their economies and they are looking to implement best practices, social, economic policies, right? So yeah. We want to be world citizens.
0: Yeah. I'll, p- I'll put the link in the show notes as well for the OECD to, to yes, understand that yes. a little bit better.
1: And also the Pacific Alliance. The Pacific okay. Alliance is the only trade bloc in Latin America that is promising to become. To, to make Latin America become similar to Europe is the, the trade block of Mexico, Colombia, Chile and Peru and these are four well three OECD countries and Peru is in, is, is in the ascension path to become okay. a member. yeah Peru just started recently even with the new government, Peru is seriously uh, slowly in the in the path to become a OECD member. So these four countries are going to, or they created 10 years ago, the Pacific Alliance, which is an integration of their economies. And okay. it started in the Andean region, which is something unique in the history of Latin America. The Andean countries, Colombia, Peru, Bolivia, uh, Venezuela before, now is no longer part of the trade bloc, But the Andean pact, it's called the Andean pact. And these countries, Ecuador as well. You, there's free movement of people. There's uh, recognition of medical uh, degrees and any type of degrees. Uh, if you want to live in Ecuador, all you have to do is is just go to, to go to a non- government office and say I want to become a resident from today. That's it's as simple as that. Wow! And and there will be they started recognition of um, regulatory recognition of cosmetics and low risk devices. And the same thing is going to happen in the Pacific Alliance, which is the broader uh, yeah. alliance of Mexico, Colombia, Peru, and Chile. So eventually, because one of the issues in Latin America, I think, is that it's a fragmented uh, region or economy. Uh, you have to get regulatory approval in every single market. With the Pacific Alliance, they're looking to have a homogeneous market where every, everybody recognizes the approval of any of the member countries.
0: That makes sense. I'll include that as well, so the Pacific Alliance, the OECD. Yes. Um, very cool. Very
1: important developments in the history of Latin America right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a great place to stop unless you have any <laughs> additional bombs you want to drop. That's I thought that was really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I think I'm
0: okay. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> well, thank <It's> you. <laughs> and I hope in the next month that the 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 introductions go well and your companies and and uh, um You know, I'm excited to see the new technologies that reach the market in in the future. So this is good. Thank you, Um, Ian. I appreciate you having me here. Absolutely. Thank you. For those of you who are listening, thank you. You've been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Um, Stay tuned. Read the show notes. We'll have a few links for you to to check out, as Julio said, some of the, the history and some of the different alliances and things that you can learn more about. Early feasibility studies in Latin America, if that is something that would be beneficial to your company. Thank you. And we will see you all next time.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Thank Bye.
0: The medical device industry is nothing if not unique. So we built software that works the same way. Greenlight Guru is the only quality management system designed by medical device professionals to meet the unique needs of medical device companies. Our cloud-based platform allows companies to bring safer products to market up to three times faster while reducing risk and lowering costs. Visit www.greenlight.guru today to request your free personalized demo of Greenlight Guru.